January 8th, the American Red Cross announced an emergency blood shortage as it experienced the lowest number of people giving blood in the last 20 years. According to the Red Cross, a person needs life-saving blood every two seconds in our country, and its availability can be the difference between life and death. Unfortunately, this isn't the first announcement of a blood shortage, and without a dramatic increase in blood donors, shortages will occur more often. That's why Ohio eminent scholar Andre Palmer, a professor of chemical and biomolecular engineering, has devoted his research lab to advancing viable artificial blood components. Andre, I'm so happy to chat with you today about your life-saving innovations. Hi, Dean Howard. It's wonderful to chat with you about my research engineering artificial red blood cells and artificial plasma for use in transfusion medicine. So we're gonna talk about blood, and blood is precious. I mean, I have some, you have some. I think everyone living probably has some. So uh, it sure seems like we're running out of it, though. So Andre, can you help our listeners first understand the blood supply problem we're facing? Of course. Here are some blood use statistics obtained directly from the American Red Cross website. Approximately 29,000 units of red blood cells, 5,000 units of platelets, and 6,500 units of plasma are used daily in the U.S. This translates into 16 million blood components being transfused every year in the U.S. However, the demand for blood is steadily increasing while the supply is decreasing. Therefore, there is an urgent need for the development of a red blood cell substitute when red blood cells are not available. As you already mentioned, there are seasonal shortages of blood, especially during the holidays. In addition, blood is not readily available in rural areas, on the battlefield, during natural disasters or other mass casualty events, since these acute events exhaust the local blood supply. Blood is also not readily available during a pandemic, as we recently witnessed during the COVID-19 pandemic. Therefore, to meet the urgent need for a temporary blood replacement, when blood is not available to tie the patient until they can receive a blood transfusion, the artificial red blood cell substitutes and plasma substitutes we are developing must be universal, meaning that they can be transfused to anyone with any blood type without causing an immune response and should be ideally stored at ambient temperature to break our reliance on the cold storage chain, thus permitting their use in austere environments with limited resources. So I, I think the summary is, um, blood not readily available and in fact it varies depending on where you live also what holiday you're you're enjoying mm -hmm. um and so this is this is really an issue that i think we all need to be aware of and, and i'm assuming most of the public is not aware of it um but, and i'm not sure about you but um i like my blood and i can't think of anyone for whom blood isn't relevant so now that we can agree that this is a problem um, how is your work advancing potential solutions um, we are improving on prior engineering designs by making our red blood cell substitutes larger in size so they don't escape the bloodstream into the tissue space. So currently, there, there are no FDA-approved blood substitutes, and prior blood substitutes failed phase three clinical trials, and that is because those molecules were so small that they escaped the blood volume and basically deposited in the, in the tissue space where they caused a whole host of side effects such as vasoconstriction, high blood pressure, and if this molecule or material gets into the tissue space, the material also contains iron, which participates in chemical reactions that could damage the tissue. So our approach to that problem was to simply make the blood substitute molecule large enough so it doesn't escape the blood volume and go into the tissue space and cause those side effects. 
So blood substitutes. In this area, your research has been immensely successful. But we all know that with innovation comes challenges, even failures. So what frustrations have you encountered during this critical pursuit? Well, as, as a new assistant professor, I started in this research area with no prior experience developing biomaterials for use in transfusion medicine. However, I was always intrigued with blood and wanted to apply the key pillars of chemical engineering, that is thermodynamics, transport phenomena, and chemical kinetics towards this problem. Therefore, I had to learn a new research area, and it took several years before my lab published its first independent peer review article. So my advice to new assistant professors is to chart your own path and never give up. So I, I like this. This is basically you're using your experience and your experience know-how to go into an area that has real, real social impact. Um, and so if you think about this, you talked about your research as an assistant professor. We want to have blood in the, the labs, in the hospitals. Mm -hmm. So how close is your R&D to commercialization and getting into the hands of healthcare providers? Um, and, you know, side question, is entrepreneurship something that interests you? Uh, that is a hard question to answer since that involves expensive and time-consuming clinical trials. Ideally, I would like a company to license my technology and commercialize it. As a professor, I don't have the business and regulatory background to advance this technology, but would happily partner with a company to advance it. So if there's any companies out there or angel investors, we have a blood supply for you. Um, so you recently completed your term as the College of Engineering's Associate Dean for Research. So you understand how often engineers collaborate with physicians and nurses at Ohio mm -hmm. State. So how about you? Any partnerships you'd like to share with medical professionals? Um, at the Ohio State University, I actively collaborate with Ohio State transplant surgeons Brian Whitson and Sylvester Black to study how organ transplant methods can be improved. Dr. Whitson is a cardiothoracic surgeon and performs lung and heart transplants, while Dr. Black is a liver transplant surgeon. We are using the same red blood cell substitutes that I have developed for use in transfusion medicine as an oxygen perfusate to support donor organs outside the body to make them perform better when transplanted into a recipient. So you have your partnerships, we talked about entrepreneurship, and you mentioned as an assistant professor that's when you were first interested in and blood sparked your interest. Um, is there a story you can share of like what was it? Was it that you saw your blood running from your veins or like what was it that really sparked your interest in this area? Well, blood is very ubiquitous and um, you know, chemical engineers really haven't delved into that research area. So I thought it was a good area where I could apply my core chemical engineering principles towards this problem. In addition, I didn't want to com compete with my postdoctoral advisor in that research area. So I decided to go into a new research area where I could apply my chemical engineering principles and uh, where there was a uh, little competition. Well, when they say you, you see a problem, you, you want to solve it, you find an engineer. Mm -hmm. um, so this blood shortage problem affects us all. And I'm glad a Buckeye engineer is at the forefront of coming up with solutions. Andre, keep up this amazing, outstanding work. We are all rooting for you. Thanks. I appreciate your support and that of Buckeye Nation. Thanks for listening to Ingenuity. Stay up to date on all the amazing innovation and groundbreaking research happening within The Ohio State University College of Engineering by connecting with us on X, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at OSU Engineering.